As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. In a world of twisted facts, alternative narratives, corrupted corporations, and hacked feeds, how can we decipher the difference between truth and fiction? It's time to take back the truth. Read Robert Kiyosaki's Fake and learn the signs to recognize fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. Determine what's real in a world where falsehoods are a weapon. Don't let fake advice destroy your financial future. Visit therealkiyosaki.com to read Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. That's therealkiyosaki.com. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and the bad news about money. I'm Kim Kiyosaki, and I'll be hosting the show today as Robert is out and about traveling the world. And we have a really, really important show today because there is a new kid in town. And this new kid affects the workplace, affects the marketplace, affects your home life as parents and grandparents. You know, it'll affect as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, who you hire, how you manage, what this new kid buys. So the more we know about this new kid, the better off we're going to be and the more successful as an entrepreneur and business owner you can be as well. So if we're going to talk about this new kid, we need an expert on who understands who this kid is. So today we have a really special guest. We've had him on our show before. His name is Jason Dorsey. We call him the Gen Y guy, the millennial guy. And he's an expert on millennial research. And he's also an expert on this new kid. And he's the founder of the Center for Generational Kinetics, the author of Why Size Your Business and My Reality Check Bounced. (laughs) So um, this new kid, we've had the baby boomers. We had the, the X generation, the Gen X. We had the Gen Y millennials. And now we have this new kid called Gen Z. And who the heck is Gen Z and how are they going to affect you and me? So, Jason, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. I love being with you and sharing what we're learning in our generational research. Oh, well, I love all your research. And, you know, it's so important because when we first met you, of course, you were talking about how to communicate with the millennials, how as business owners, what they buy, what, how, them, how to manage them, how to hire them. And they were a whole new breed of character. And now we've got this Gen Z. What is Gen Z? Who are they? Yeah, and you make a great point. You know, the millennials cause major disruption in mm-hmm. all the headlines and yeah. media and cable news and everybody else. And, and, you know, just when many business leaders think they got them figured out, <laughs> here comes a new generation. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and what's exciting in the work that we do, of course, we run a research firm. So we have a bunch of PhD researchers, and we do all kinds of interesting research, quantitative, qualitative, behavioral design. So we really dig in and uncover the data to bring truth to these conversations, because as you and I have talked about many times, there's a lot of myths around the generations that people love to perpetuate, but they're not necessarily true. And so with Gen Z, this new generation, the, the first thing that we uncovered is that there's this perception out there that they're millennials 2.0. You know, <laughs> and, and, and when were when were when was Gen Z? Who? What years? What's the year of Gen Z? How how old are they? Oh, great question. Yeah. So the oldest members of Gen Z in the United States right now are about 22 years old. 
And the key thing we uncovered about Gen Z and what makes them different from millennials, particularly in the Americas, is that Gen Z does not remember 9-11. And really? It's a huge really? deal. It's, wow. Yeah, that's why we're in the news all the time because we're constantly doing studies. We have 10 studies going right now. And when you find an event that shapes one generation, so the millennials, you know, for the millennials, 9 millennials was 9-11, yeah. Yes, that was our where were you in moment. It right. was like the JFK assassination for many of the boomers. Right. For, for Gen Z, it's something they do not remember. It's something they learned about in history class or saw on YouTube. And so the way we determine Gen Z's age as researchers is we have to go back and figure out what's the youngest age where you could remember 9-11, where it would impact your life. You'd remember where you were standing or sitting when you found out about it and it changed your worldview. And what that led us to is that Gen Z starts around 1996. So that would make them, the oldest members were about five years old when 9-11 okay. happened. Okay. And, and our studies show they don't remember it in the way of a six, seven, or eight-year-old does. So the trick here is 9-11's always been history. And all of a sudden, which is kind of wild for me as a millennial, all of a sudden Gen Z is already 22 years old, which means they're already in the workforce they're already buying cars, you know, they're using credit cards, they're already having this massive impact, and they're tremendously different than the millennial generation or the other generations you mentioned, Gen X, so, uh, and even baby boomers. So is there, is there a, a moment that does define them? What, what defines Gen Z? Well, we haven't um, hit on a singular moment or event where they say, okay, this is the generation-defining moment, and and it's what shapes you. But what we have seen is a series of moments or events that have absolutely impacted them. And I'll just run through a few okay, that I think are great. pretty interesting. Uh, that could be things like the first African-American president uh, in the United States. Really big deal. Because it'll be totally normal to one generation and brand new to the generation before, right? It's very different. Same thing with a female almost becoming president of the United States. We see things like gay marriage becoming law. All of these start to change it, and then what you see is a whole new definition of everything from diversity and inclusion all the way through expectations of who should be CEO and how many women should be on a board. And then from a technology standpoint, which is really where we spend most of our time studying, Gen Z frequently doesn't remember a time before social media. Right. Or, my or smartphone. Is, or smartphone. Or smartphones. Exactly. Gen Z tells us that Facebook is for old people. And then they say, <laughs> you know, like millennials. <laughs> I love it. And, and if we were to pick one kind of singular trend that has most shaped Gen Z, and this is what people really key on, because, you know, I speak about this all the time, all over the world, to, to companies and, and uh, employers and marketers and so forth. The big difference we're seeing from Gen Z and millennials between the two is that Gen Z came of age around the Great Recession. Yes. Now, now, I know you talk about this all the time. Y'all are really experts in the impact of the Great Recession on different generations. But in terms of our lens of Gen Z, people will say, oh, Gen Z really struggled through the Great Recession in the workforce. I'm like, no, they were 12. <laughs> they did not struggle through it as employees. But, and this is the key, Gen Z saw their parents right. struggle. Right. They saw their older friends struggle. They saw millennials drown in student loan debt, which I know y'all are always talking about. They yeah, them, big you time. know, struggle with all this wage stagnation and rising rents and all of this. And so this is the biggest difference we've uncovered so far. Because of the Great Recession and because Gen Z's parents raised them very different than millennials were raised. In fact, Gen Z's parents told them, you will not end up like those millennials. <laughs> <laughs> 
what we're seeing is that Gen Z is much more, and this is so important for what you do, is much more fiscally conservative than other generations. In fact, in one of the studies that we did, we asked Gen Z, if you unexpectedly receive $500 and you could do anything in the world that you wanted to do with it, what would you do? And we asked both Gen Z and millennials. The majority of Gen Z said that they would save the money. All of it, <laughs> which is wild wow. compared to millennials who said they would use it, of course, to pay down debt. Because <laughs> they got a lot of it. Yes, absolutely. And then a lot of them would spend it and some would save it. At the same time, Gen Z, and this is one of my favorite stats. As you know, we do this annual State of Gen Z study. This is one of my favorite stats. We found that 12% of Generation Z, the oldest of them are 22, 12% are already saving for retirement. Wow. Which is Wow. Wild. I mean, it seems like a small number, but that's huge when you're surveying teenagers. You know, well, it, 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 it sounds like it also shapes. I mean, they they don't like bad debt. It sounds like they're yeah, like very adverse to bad debt. Personal you are debt. 100 percent right. Yeah, because they saw what happened to millennials and they saw not only and this is what's so fascinating from a psychological standpoint. Not only do they see millennials frequently struggling with debt, it could be student loan debt, which importantly, they may have whether or not they graduated. But they also see how that limits your options. And so millennials have delayed everything from buying houses to buying cars to getting married and having kids. And Gen Z sees that being in debt really limits your options and your freedom. And so Gen Z is intentionally telling us that they are, they are choosing to attend a less expensive college to graduate with less college debt. And this is a huge deal because, as you know, less debt increases mobility. It gives you the option to do a lot of different things. Take a job you're really passionate about, move across the country, maybe even start your own business. It gives you a lot more freedom than if you come out of college, whether or not you finish, and you have all this debt that you now have to figure out how to deal with every right. single month. Right. And, you know, I've talked so, to a lot of people who have come out of college with a lot of debt recently. Um, so what I'm what I'm understanding then, what you're saying, Jason, is, is, is generation, is Gen Z looking at not even going to college? No, they're telling us they still intend to go to college. There's a very clear path there. But what they are telling us is that it's more important to get the degree with less debt than okay. to go to a fancy school to get the same degree. Uh, a, a great So they're much more practical. Exactly. The word we use is pragmatic, but you're absolutely right. That they, they want to get more value from their dollar, which is really interesting, even if that means dollars they're using to get their education. Uh, you know, we run a, an internship program at our research center, and we always have these rising uh, college freshmen come in. So they've, they're students that have finished high school. It's the summer before they go to college. We bring them all in, and they, they go through our internship program. And so one of them I asked, I, I asked the young lady, I said, you know, how did you pick where you want to go to college next year? I know you got into a whole bunch of different colleges and universities. She said, well, it's pretty straightforward. She said, I made a list of the best colleges I got into, and I made the list all the way down to the last one I got into. She said, I went up the list to the best college I got into that also gave me a full scholarship. And I said, so you turned down these four other very famous schools that all these young people would love to, to get into? You're just turning them down? And she goes, of course. It's more important to graduate with no debt than to have a degree <laughs> and then come out owning all, owing all this money. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So. So are, so are they also then, in, in terms of money, because you said that the financial crisis really had an impact on, on Gen Z, um, are they also, because I'm looking at, at business owners today, are they opting more to rent than to buy? 
like to rent the cars and to and to rent the houses and to rent the apartments and to rent whatever they can instead of buy? Because that would be a game well, changer. That, yeah, that is a really insightful question. Uh, so it depends on how much usage they're going to get out of it. Here's what I mean by that, because we obviously do a lot of work for automakers and um, property developers. So on the automaker side, if you're a Gen Z and you go to college, many of them no longer need a car. In fact, many colleges won't let you take a car on campus anymore. And if they're in urban areas, parking is really expensive. So what we're seeing is that Gen Z is delaying getting their driver's license, which is a really big hmm. deal in the United hmm. States. It is. So, so, so the average age we get our driver's license now, young people, um, continues to move up every single year. And it's moving up because you've got Uber and Lyft and all these things that say, hey, we're just going to use it on demand. You have parents saying, I don't want you to drive. I don't want to pay for car insurance. I'd rather you have one of these other people do it or take public transportation. And if you go to college, you can't bring a car with you anyways. And so for all these reasons, we're seeing people not be in a rush to get a car. Add to it social media, the ability to video chat, which is very big with Gen Z. And there's just not the sense of freedom from having a car that, you know, even millennials felt when they got cars. So that's being pushed back. Plus, you have all this regulation that says you got to be able to get a car. So you put all that together. For cars, we're seeing them right now choose to use a parent's car, um, maybe even uh, any of those various car rental programs, you know, car to go smart car, these kind of things. That They're definitely choosing that because they're more practical with it. When it comes to renting versus owning, what we think will happen is we think uh, Gen Z, and we're already seeing this from our research, Gen Z is choosing to spend less on rent, so they'll get a smaller square footage maybe with less amenities or fewer amenities, unless, of course, their parents are paying, which is funny. Then they want the most expensive thing. But if they, <laughs> Isn't they that always the way it is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're much more practical with the type of apartment that they want or where they want to rent. Now, I think that they may ultimately swing back and start buying because they'll have saved enough money to have a down payment. They seem to be much more informed. They have a, emergency saving accounts on their phone. We do these focus groups all over the country. And so we ask them to take out their phone and show us what financial apps they use. And then they'll be like, oh, this is my emergency account. Look, I have $43.12 in it. Like, who says that when you're 19 years old? <laughs> so, so we do think that they're much more utilitarian, which is a word, uh, you know, basically the phrase that comes up a lot in our research with them. And so certain things are going to want to rent or use only when they need them, uh, that the real utility. And then other things we think that they may be more um, better investors, frankly, because they may have the money to actually invest which is a big deal. You could even see the age at which we buy our first home start to come back down rather than the, you know, the, the race that's been going up because millennials couldn't afford that home. So a lot of changes. And if you're an employer, what we're seeing that Gen Z wants is they want value. They want to know it's going to last a long time. It's a big shift from what we saw millennials. What work with millennials, as you know from our research, we talk a lot about millennials want accessible luxury and they want, that, they want experiences over stuff. In our new study that we just released, our new 2018 state of Gen Z, Gen Z chose stuff over experiences. <laughs> Whoa, that's a big change. So, so Jason, we're going to take a, a quick break here. But what I'm, what I'm seeing and what you're saying is that Gen Z is formed by the financial crisis, which makes them much more pragmatic when it comes to money. And they're also shaped by they've always had a smartphone. So technology is huge for them. So when we come back, we're going to find out what kind of employees are Gen Zers. And if you're a business owner, you're going to want to know. So we're going to find that out next. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. What is your number one expense in life? Your number one expense, it's taxes. 
And I've asked the question is, how come there's no financial education in school, but why isn't there education on taxes either? You know, they tell you to save money, which is stupid. They tell you to invest in the stock market, which is stupid. But what they teach you about taxes? So here at Rich Dad Advisor, Tom Wheelwright, we're talking about his revision for his book, Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Robert. So what's the tax-free wealth about? What What's different this time? It's a rev revised edition. Well, so what we did was, is we ha this is the first major tax reform we've had in 30 years, 2017. Right. Was 86 was the last one. 86 was the last one, right. back when I was in Washington, D.C. So many guys got wiped out because of that tax change. <laughs> they did. They yeah. did. It wiped out an entire industry, savings and loans. This new tax law is just as big, but in a very different way. It affects different industries. You know, the tax law is always a series of incentives. And the question is always, which incentives and which ones apply to me? And so the, the key to revising tax-free wealth was, what is it, what changed so much in this new tax law that we can absolutely take advantage of, I mean, seriously, the amazing incentives. For example, I mean, the bonus depreciation, for example, for real estate is unbelievable. You buy a, a, a million-dollar apartment, get a $300,000 reduction or more the very first year. So if you want to make more money and pay less taxes like Donald Trump and myself, get Tom's book, Tax-Free Wealth. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Hello and welcome back to the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and the bad news about money. I'm Kim Kiyosaki and I'm hosting today's show as Robert is out traveling the globe. Um, just want to remind you that you can listen to Rich Dad Radio anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And if you want to hear a podcast, go to richdadradio.com. We recommend that you go back and you re-listen to, I mean, right now, this last segment we just did with Jason Dorsey, there's so much information in it. And I find that when I go back and re-listen to a podcast, that oftentimes I hear something I didn't hear when I first when I first heard it. So our guest today, a very special young man named Jason Dorsey, he is the Gen Y guy. He's the expert on millennial research, but now he's an expert on the new kid on the block, which is Gen Z. He's the founder of the Center for Generational Kinetics. He's the author of Why, the letter Y, Size Your Business, and My Reality Check Bounce. And his website is jasondorsey.com, D-O-R-S-E-Y, jasondorsey.com. So, Jason, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be back. I'm loving this show. This is awesome. Oh, you're you're fantastic. I love your energy and, and I love all the information. So let let's talk about Gen Z in the workplace. So now you've got these new employees coming on board. What what mm -hmm. do they want and how do you deal with them? 
Yeah, well, there's a few things that jump out that we're already seeing in our consulting work and then, you know, as we go out there on the front lines with employers. The, the first thing, and just I like to kind of walk through it in a linear way, what we're seeing is a Gen Z, if you want to hire them, you have to make your, your job application mobile friendly. If they can't apply through yeah. their phone, they're not going to apply. Interesting. And that's a big difference yeah. than other generations who would take the time to go figure it out. So you got to be able to apply on your phone. And you have to be able to save the application only half complete because frequently they don't have all the information. And if they can't save it, then it's very frustrating. They may not go back and start again. So in a tight labor environment, uh, this is always a good thing to know <laughs> if you want to get this, this, this group of uh, young adults working for you. So what employers need to know is that Gen Z is looking for some different things in the workplace than millennials, uh, Gen X, and baby boomers. So a few things that jump out that we're seeing. So the first is, that Gen Z expects some initial training on that first day in that first week. They, they recognize, which I think is, is very mature of them, that they are going to need help developing their skills. They don't come in with as much of the, I should be a manager because I've been here a week, attitude that unfortunately my generation got pegged with. Well, they don't, the way, they don't have yeah. the attitude of um, cater to me and you're so lucky to have me here. Yeah, not in the way we saw with millennials. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of that comes down to parenting and everybody you know gets all upset when i say this i'm sure they're gonna you know hit me up on twitter Jason, <laughs> saying it again. But, but the reality is we know that entitlement which was the big knock on millennials and look i'm a millennial and this is kind of the key part here it was driven by parents yeah. and millennials parents are boomers and their philosophy was we want to be easier for our children than it was for us and they succeeded <laughs> and then you know as we look at millennials managing gen z one thing that i don't think is talked about enough is that the group most offended by millennials acting entitled are other millennials who don't feel entitled. Right. So you know, it's, it's interesting, it's interesting you say that because I've got, I've got two dear friends, same family, raise their kids totally different, and one is the entitled millennial and one is the hard-driving entrepreneurial millennial. So I, I see it right there. Yeah. And it's, it. it was and parenting. I'm, it was how they, how they were raised by their parents. You got it. And, and, in fact, on the homepage of my website, we have this diagram that shows how the millennial generation is split in two. Uh, and you have this the one group we call megalennials and the other ones we call millennials, and it breaks it down pretty wild. So the, when we look at now Gen Z coming in, the key here is Gen Z's parents were not baby boomers. Baby boomers. Generally, Gen Z's parents were Gen X, yes. who, by the way, doesn't Good like point. boomers or millennials. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then some of the older millennials are like, I'm not raising you the way that you know, my friends turned out. And so Gen Z's coming in, and they, they're expecting to work harder and longer. They expect some training on basic things, which I think is, is good. What we're, our research is showing, we've done a ton of studies on this, all of which are free, as you know, on our website. Is that, is that, is that jasondorsey.com? It's actually our research website, which is genhq, G-E-N-H-Q.com. Thank you. And it's all, yeah, you can download the state of Gen Z, all these things. What we see with Gen Z is they want more frequent feedback mm. than even millennials did. And people go, oh, great, now we've got to go talk to them all the time. Not true. What we're finding is they just want this quick hit burst of, you know, hey, we know you're here and we're glad you're here. We appreciate or here's something to develop. And it can all be done through technology. You don't have to go walk over to talk to them or do that. It could be a text. It could be on. Oh, so the feedback can be anywhere, any way, not face to face necessarily. Oh, interesting. Which okay. ends up saving employers a tremendous amount of time because you can create more leverage around your communication. Right. And so the. A little bit more of the feedback there. What we saw in our new study is that Gen Z believes that they have to be better at public speaking and problem solving. That's really core for them in the workforce. And they also identify those as the two areas they most need help developing. So if you were to look at, you know, what's this something we should train them on on the first day, it would be how to speak in front of a group, 
what to do in a meeting and then how to work on problem solving because we want them to help solve the problems, not just bring us the problems. And then as we look at developing their skills, what we see Gen Z wants is stability. Now, this is interesting. Uh, you may recall, you and know, I talked about in the past that millennials want a company that's growing really fast and stock options and yep, this, that, yep, and the other. Yep. Gen Z is a product of the Great Recession. They're like, oh, no, we want to know you're financially stable. We want to know we're going to get paid. In fact, Gen Z wants to know about employee benefits. They're 22 wow. years old. So, so do you so, think Gen Z will, will not do the job hopping as much as millennials did? Wow. Will, will they be that's looking to question. stay someplace more if they want yeah, that stability? So, what we've, what we've uncovered, and this is one of my most shocking uh, findings or our research teams, I should say, is that for some of our clients, because, you know, we have really big clients, restaurants, retailers, hoteliers, you know, all these big companies, we get their data, their employment data. And Gen Z retention, employee retention, for some of them is already longer than millennial retention. Hmm. And it should be the opposite. So Gen Z is showing up saying, I'll take whatever job you have, just give me a chance. And for many of these large employers, Gen Z is already sticking around longer than millennials. Wow. And that should wow. not be That's happening. interesting. It, That's interesting. It, you know. And, and, yeah, what, and, what, hap- and what happens if, if these, these Gen Zs come in and their bosses are millennials? How does that play yeah. out? Well, we found that it can work really well if the, if the millennials know how to be bosses. And this is a really interesting dynamic because a lot of millennials, particularly if you've jobbed up around and these kind of things, Nobody really taught them how to be a boss or a manager, or we did a study on, uh, you know, coaching as, as the bosses. Nobody taught these skills anymore. They didn't learn it anywhere. And if you've entered the workforce later and have less work experience, what does it mean to be a good boss or manager? So we do think that millennials really can benefit from some training on here's how to lead, here's how to communicate, here's how to set clear expectations, here's how to hold people accountable, here's how to, how to be consistent and not, you know, appear to be playing favorites. But we find that millennials can be good bosses with Gen Z because millennials are often more comfortable on the technology that Gen Z wants to use. And they're more in line with those expectations. You know, and that's technology for most companies now is the way that employees and managers communicate. And so there is a real advantage when you're, you know, comfortable or or at ease um, using those different, uh, you know, technologies to communicate for your payroll, for, you know, how to give feedback, all these types of things. But we do find, and this is a real issue with millennials, and again, it's not all millennials. Obviously, I'm a millennial. We have lots of great millennials who work at our company. But we do find that there, for many millennials, and we hear this frequently, giving tough feedback as a boss is very hard for them to do, just as receiving tough feedback for many of them is difficult. And if it's hard to receive, then it's frequently hard to give. This is one area where we think millennials in general, and I'm somebody who is constantly working on this, being able to give, um, you know, challenging or candid, constructive feedback Interesting. Uh, is is tough. It's a learned skill. And if you're a generation that got a ribbon for showing up, now you got to <laughs> tell somebody that they need to improve. <laughs> right. But the people that but the Gen Z's want that feedback. Right. They, they want the feedback. They, they want to know where, how they else. can get better. You got it. Absolutely. And so we actually predict and this is, you know, hugely controversial, which is fine. You know, we're, we're always controversial because we bring data. You know, you can disagree. Just show me some data. Uh, we believe that Gen Z could leapfrog many millennials in the workplace because what we're already seeing is if you're the generation that you're able to graduate with a less college debt, let's say, you're saving more money, you're more yep. fiscally pragmatic, and you show up and you're saying, I'll take whatever job you have, just give me a chance. Well, that persona tends to do really well in the workplace versus the I've been here a month, 
where's my promotion or it's my birthday. I, I'm not working on it, you know, which, which are the kind of knocks that my generation gets. And unfortunately, some of that stuff is real. And so if, if Gen Z comes in and stays true to the trajectory we're seeing, they're really well positioned uh, to be successful in the workplace long term, which is why we call them a throwback generation. And you can read about this on our website. Uh, many of the characteristics that Gen Z has, you know, being fiscally pragmatic, think they're going to have to work harder and longer, you know, uh, all these things, they actually on paper look a lot like baby boomers. Mm, interesting. Which is really wild and, and frankly very good in terms of, you know, what we want to have as employees and moving the economy forward. So we think Gen Z brings so much, so many positives to the workplace and as consumers. Now, in our new study, uh, our new State of Gen Z 2018, what we talked about, for those that are marketing and thinking about selling to this generation, not just employing, but selling to them, because already they're 22 years old, so they're right, really they're stepping into the yeah, how do you So how do you, you, reach, how do you reach them? Uh, you have to reach them through digital. I mean, that is something that is so crystal clear through our data, even more so than millennials. And what we find is that, on average, Gen Z reads at least three reviews before they make a first-time purchase. And a percentage of them will read nine or more reviews before they make a first-time purchase, which is really, really. So again, wild. going back to and, that pragmatic, like they want, they yeah. want the data, they want the data before they make their decision. And and on so social media for Gen Z is probably very different <laughs> than social media for Absolutely. me. So what? Where? Where do I go? <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I probably don't even don't know, know most that. of these platforms. <laughs> I follow you on social media, Kim. You're everywhere. Uh, so you uh, do a great job. Yeah, so what we see with Gen Z, the most important platforms, if you're a brand, uh, number one is Instagram. That's the one that really shines. Now, Instagram is constantly under threat by other startup platforms uh, that could, you know, step up and kind of take the allure away. But right now, Instagram, uh, second one uh, would be either Snapchat or YouTube, depending on, you know, what you're trying to do and how you're trying to gauge them. What people don't realize is YouTube is, TV is, you know, video content creation for Gen Z. This is what they watch all the time. And so the, when we look at that, I mean, Gen Z goes to YouTube for music discovery. Gen Z goes to YouTube to decide whether or not they'll take a job at your company because they want to see what videos yeah. are up there. I mean, really, yeah. really important. Uh, and they use different uh, social media platforms for different purposes. So they might use one to follow brands, usually uh, Instagram. They might use another one. Uh, in order to set meetings or, uh, you know, if they're going to an event, I should say, like they're going to go to a party. So it's really important to check out Instagram and Snapchat, YouTube, obviously, uh, even WhatsApp and some of these others for different parts of the world. Really, really important. But the key here is this is what they're on all the time. Our new study shows on average, you know, many of them more than 10 hours a day. I mean, wow. that's a ton of time to stay connected to your device. In fact, in the new study we just released, it shows what percentage of Gen Z feel anxiety when they're apart from their phone, as little as 15 minutes. And many in Gen Z don't want anyone to touch their phone. <laughs> so, so I know with, when it was with the millennials, they had, you know, they were on social media so much and they were on their iPhones all the time. And there was this concern about social skills and being able to, to communicate with people. Is that going, how is that going to play out with Gen Z? Are they going to be socially inept? Or are they going to be well, socially savvy? Well, I think it's, it's TBD, but I'll give you my prediction. So like every new generation, they've come of age with a different view of what communication looks like. So 
you know, uh, baby boomers might remember using a party line, you know, <laughs> and to their friends and yep. getting the phone with the longest phone cord and pulling it to yep. the corner of the bedroom and That's covering right. their head with a blanket, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, and then, and then you end up with email and then you get to social media and now you have a generation that uses different types of social media for different types of conversation and so forth. What, what we predict from a behavioral standpoint is if Gen Z really says, which is what we're seeing, I want to do a really good job in the workplace. You know, I want to show value. I want to build a career. You know, I'm, I'm much more pragmatic about these things. Then they will also choose to develop the social skills they need to be successful in the workplace because that's about them adapting to work better with other generations, right? So whether that's meeting face-to-face, how to conduct themselves in a meeting, uh, how to work with customers, particularly customers that are unhappy. Again, there's this constant theme of when something doesn't go right, how do you deal with it or how do you give bad feedback? So if Gen Z continues with that mindset, we think they'll do what it takes to be good communicators because they'll realize it's in their interest to do that. And at the same time, we think companies will wisely recognize that they need to help develop these skills because this generation really wants to learn. And if they are sticking around longer, then that will help to overcome you know, the, the recent you know, knock on millennials, which is, oh, why should we train them? They're just going to leave. But if Gen Z is coming in saying, I'm playing to stay, and look, our retention data is already showing that, then you do want to invest, and that may even get them to stay more because they feel like you're actually investing in them right. and seeing that it's a career. Right. So, yeah, right, we, right. we think the generation um, could really step up when it comes to social skills and just think how, how influential they'll be if they can use all these platforms and communicate in person or on the phone and have a meeting and work with the customer. And I mean, that's an incredibly valuable skill That, that is. That is. And, and do Gen Z – um, and are they socially conscious? I mean, are they if, are they looking at brands? Are they looking if as I'm if I'm a business owner and I have product to sell? What's most important to to them as a customer? Yeah, Gen Z is definitely more um, socially inclined, even than millennials. Uh, Gen Z wants to know about you know your cause, how what's your impact on the environment, uh, you know all these things, right? Your carbon footprint. What are you doing around the world? And, and we've certainly seen that. Uh, with some of the recent debacles that these companies have gotten themselves into by how they've handled uh, certain situations. But, but there is a caveat to that, and I always think it, it's important to point out, right? I'm somebody that <laughs> I'm a partner at a venture capital firm. We, we own two different companies. Like, we're constantly, uh, my wife and I, like, we're, there's the case of what people say, and then there's the case of what, what they people do. do. And what, they, what and they put their dollars into. Exactly. And what we're seeing is that um, Gen Z definitely will use social causes as a tiebreaker. So if I can buy a pair of shoes that I like or this other pair of shoes that I also like, but they're going to buy a pair of shoes for somebody else or they're going to support this cause in our local community, particularly local communities, very hot with them, then that's a tiebreaker and they'll go with that. But they're not inclined to pay more to um, just because a company uh, has a social cause. Because, again, they're fiscally pragmatic. They, they, this is a, de- a generation that, you know, they, they shop at G-Dub, which is Goodwill. Uh, you know, they go thrifting after school. So the idea they're going to pay twice as much, to, you know, to get something just because that is a social cause, I think is a bit of a stretch. Except for, the, except for their iPhone. Except absolutely. for their iPhone. They'll pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, brands, when you look at Gen Z and brands, this was in the new uh, State of Gen Z 2018 study, the, the most brand sensitive that Gen Z was was about their phone. Yeah. Every other thing that they had, uh, tennis shoes was an important one, or sneakers. But uh, but other than that, you know, they were less brand sensitive. But man, when it comes to that personal device that represents them, you are absolutely right. It's it, it's got to be the brand they want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Jason, Jason, just final final comment. If the the one thing that you think most of us need to know about Gen Z, what's the most important thing we need to know? 
Yeah, I would say the most important thing to know about Gen Z is they are absolutely different from millennials. They're much more fiscally um, pragmatic because they were raised differently and experienced a great recession. I'm so happy and to hear that. We, yeah, and that we think they're going to bring tremendous value to the employers and the marketers to lean on research to adapt to win this generation. Don't treat them like millennials 2.0 because they're not, but recognize they're different and adapt to win them tremendous opportunity and, and immediate, frankly. So it's very exciting for what we do at the Center for Generational Kinetics. Oh, Thank you, Jason. This has been fantastic. And go to Jason's website, genhq.com, G-E-N-H-Q.com. You've got a ton of research there, don't you? You have a study that just came out recently about Gen, Gen Z. So, Jason, Absolutely. thank you for all, all your information. Thank you for the work you do. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite optimistic with this generation. I like what I'm hearing. Yes. Maybe they can bring <laughs> some, maybe some ethics and morality to, into this world as well. <laughs> We're very optimistic about yeah. Gen Z. Thank you, Kim, for very, what you do and the great information you share. Always thank you, Jason. You. And when we come back, we'll go into Ask Kim next. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Hello and welcome back to the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and the bad news about money. I'm Kim Kiyosaki and we've had a fantastic time with our guest Jason Dorsey. He's the Gen Y guy, the expert on millennial research, but now he's also become the expert on Gen Z. And I'm going to highly recommend his website, which is GenHQ. G-E-N-H-Q dot com because there's a lot of information on that website and you can learn out learn more about Gen Z and how to deal with them in the workplace, in the marketplace, and even in your own personal home. So um, Jason is the author of Why, the letter Y, Size Your Business, and My Reality Check Bounced. So thank you, Jason, for all your information and all the work you're doing. We so appreciate it. I learned a ton today about Gen Z. I had no idea. So as uh, we're now going into Ask Kim today as Robert is out and about in the world. And you can submit your questions to Ask Robert or Ask Kim at richdadradio.com. And I want to thank you all for your questions because the questions that you ask let us know what's on your mind and, and to help us as we grow this program. And we want to give you as much information as we can and we'll answer as many questions as possible. So thanks for your questions. Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today comes from Isaac in Michigan, favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I am 16 and pretty intimidated by the stock market and many other things to do with finance. I already feel behind. What do you think is a good solution? 
P.S. I'm a huge fan of your books, and I have read and listened to over seven of them and still going. (laughs) I love it. I love it, Isaac. You're 16. You're the guy we're talking about, Gen Z. And what I loved that Jason said is how Gen Z, because the financial crisis back in 2008 really shaped them as they saw their parents many times, oftentimes struggle, um, is that they're very financially pragmatic. And you're 16 years old, and you're already feeling that you're behind. So that speaks volumes to me. And I just want to, number one, congratulate you for being so proactive in your financial education. And it's not uncommon. I get intimidated by the stock market. I, I think the stock market is um, a tough place to be and a tough place to compete. So as you're reading more of the Rich Dad books or any financial books, see what see what interests you. See what jumps out at you. You know, there's four asset classes. There's business, there's real estate, there's paper assets, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's commodities like uh, precious metals, gold, silver, oil, things like that. So see which ones interest you. There's a lot of other options other than the stock market. And what I did when I started out, I studied, for me, it was real estate, and then I just put a little money down. I got in the game. So even if it's $10, even if you want to play in the stock market, just put $10 down and watch what happens, but don't bet the ranch. So I love what you're doing, Jason. You're getting your financial education, and the next step will be to take a little action, but not a lot, just a small step, because once you're in the game, your interest and your education and your experience will go through the roof. So well done, Isaac. Good job. Keep going. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Riley in Indiana. Favorite book, Rich Woman. Oh, thank you, Riley. As a thank female, you, thank you. Yeah, as a female entrepreneur, what do you feel is one of your biggest challenges, and how did or do you manage through it? Well, that's a really interesting perspective, Riley. Um, you know, when I was nine years old, my mom told me two things, and she said, "Kim." If you don't want to spend your life in a kitchen, don't learn how to cook. And then she said, and this is way back, right? This is years and years ago. If you don't want to be a secretary, don't learn how to type. This is before computers. And basically what she was saying is just don't limit yourself and don't fall into this um, stigma of what a woman can and cannot do. So your question, Riley, kind of makes me feel like you're already labeling yourself or others as female entrepreneurs or male entrepreneurs. But for me growing up, I never saw gender as an issue. Gender was not, gender didn't matter in terms of success. So I never looked at it as a, as me being a female entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. And so in dealing with people, it was never, there was never, I mean, there's tons of challenges as entrepreneurs. I mean, every single day we're facing problems and you've got to solve problems, which is what I loved when Jason Dorsey said two of the key things that the Gen Z wants. They want to learn how, number one, public speaking. They want to learn how to communicate. And number two, they want to learn how to solve problems. I mean, that right there is a great, great combination for entrepreneurship. So Riley, I wish you all the best So to complete my answer to you, Raleigh, um, one of the biggest obstacles is that you've got to learn how to solve problems. And the obstacles are going to be there every single day. So not to worry about it. Just know that there's going to be, in order to grow your business, in order to succeed, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have to solve problems. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to come up, up across every single day. So I would do, as Jason Dorsey said, and learn how to be a great problem solver. And you're on your way. 
So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Riley. And thank you, Isaac. And thank you especially to Jason Dorsey. Great, great, great information. GenHQ.com is his website. And again, please submit your questions to Ask Robert and Ask Kim at RichDadRadio.com. So I thank you all for listening. Let's go out there and make it a better world. Thank you.